Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. So uh, I'm going to share a quick uh, verse of scripture with you, and then uh, I'm going to turn it over to Mark. Uh, but really quick, as this summarizes uh, the whole aspect of being afraid of doing what God has called you to do. And you guys are probably familiar with the Apostle Paul, uh, who was Saul and then later named Paul, uh, who was not a Christ follower. He was of the Kanye West variety. Sorry, I had to go there. Uh, but he was not a Christ follower. And then, you know, he had this interaction with Jesus Christ and then committed his life to Christ. And then he was blinded for three days. And in Acts chapter 9, it says this. There was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. Now, again, this is a disciple. This is someone who believes in God, who believes Jesus Christ is Lord. And the Lord said to him, hey, I need you to go do this task. And he says, I'm ready. I'm willing. Here I am, Lord. I'm ready to go. And in verse 11 and 12, it says this. The Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight the house of Judas. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So God says, here's the task that I want you to do. He gives them, it's very specific. God is not usually vague when he's calling us to do something. Very specific. Go to this street. Look for this man. Uh, it's in this house owned by this person. He already knows you're coming. And he knows that you're going to come and you're going to, regain, you're going to help him regain his sight. And you would think when God says to someone who said, Lord, here I am, I'm ready to go. Uh, I, you're, you're calling me to do something. Great. I'm all for it. Christ follower. He jumped right in. But his response is, but Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. In other words, God said, hey, I've got a task. He said, here I am. God said, here's the task. He was like, I don't think you understand what you're asking me to do. He's like, God, I don't know if you know this, and I'm probably not the only one who's trying to educate God on what's going on in the world. But he said, I don't know if you know this, but this is not a nice guy. He's not a fun person. He's a person who has persecuted the church. And here he even says, and this is where the fear of the government comes in, says he has the authority to put me in jail. Do you, do you understand that, God? I know, God, you don't, you don't have to go in prison, but he has the authority to put me in jail. And it's hard to grasp us when God calls us, either fear of, you know, I don't have the resources to do this, I'm going to fail at this, or, you know, I, my people who I hang out with at work, they're going to talk bad about me, God, so I don't want to do this, or... The people I work for, I could lose my job, God. You understand? I need this job. I, I could lose my job. Or, turn this a whole other way, if I preach this particular message, people might not come back into the church. People might get a little bit upset if I share your truth the way you want it shared. And this is what this whole fear message is about. Because when God calls us to do something, we can come up with all the reasons why we can't, why we shouldn't, why we shouldn't respond. Uh, and 
This is what it says in verse 15 and 16. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So the fear that Ananias had, small in comparison to the fear that Paul should have had for what God was calling Paul to do. And again, this whole series is about just being able to respond in the way that God wants us to, whether he's calling us to go and talk to a neighbor, whether he's telling us to go and share the gospel you know, with a coworker, whether he's telling us to just go pray for someone, whether it be you know, a waitress, a butcher, baker, candlestick maker, whether he's telling us to just you know, walk across the street, which we'll talk about in our next series, and share the gospel with the person that lives next door that we've been living next door to for years, but we just never got around to it. And, and before, before I turn this over, in, in being totally transparent, as I said, when we do this next series on uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, I'm going to ask you guys to reach out to your neighbors, maybe ones you do know, maybe ones you don't know. Uh, but I got to be honest, the neighbor I was going to reach out to just moved away last week. Like, Christy and I looked and we're like, oh, there's a truck there. Oh, and then we looked, and the truck was gone. Everything was gone, and it's like, okay, so uh, pray that God puts a new neighbor, and we'll reach out to him, and pray that, you know, because I'm not that outgoing, that fear that comes from doing what God calls us to do, pray that all of us will, you know, take that bold step and just be the church. But also, I didn't think it great to end just talking about fear of government, fear, I don't have enough money, fear of God's calling me to do, without talking about just fear in general, like fear itself, fear and anxiety and that overwhelming feeling that you are just helpless and hopeless. So I've asked a friend of mine, uh, Mark Berkshire, come on up, uh, to come and share, and you guys know him, he's been here before, we have done podcasts together, we've done live streams with Faith Pittsburgh together, uh, but more importantly, we just hang out together. Um, so I consider him a good friend, and I ask you guys to just give him a warm welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it is good to be here this morning. Um, when Floyd told me or asked me to be a part of this series and to kind of finish it up for him, I jumped on it. I didn't hesitate in, in doing it. Um, this is a topic that is really near and dear to me uh, personally. I have some personal experience with it, and um, I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Let's just review a few minutes about where Floyd has been with you guys. I've been watching it online. It says, fear itself, but I. The idea of what Floyd was just talking about, God calling you to do something to get you out of your comfort zone, to get you to move forward into something that he has bigger and better for you to do, we don't always want to say, yes, Lord, right away. You know that old song that says, yes, Lord, yes, Lord? Sometimes we say, no, Lord, no, Lord, it's not me because I'm too afraid to go do it. And God says, you don't need to be afraid. Second one is that he talked about the second week was fear itself, but I might fail. And guess what? It's not a might. We are going to fail. 
We're going to fail at things miserably sometimes. But that's okay. It's when we fail that God gives us a testimony to move forward with our next thing. It's in our failures and in our trials and in our our tribulations that He gives us the message that we need to proclaim to move forward. Fear itself about the government. We won't go into that too much, but Lloyd knows all about that. Uh, fear itself, matter of fact, we just did a podcast this last week on the government. So, uh, Fear itself, but I'm broke. When you don't have two nickels to rub together to even do anything for the Lord, and God still says, but I want you to do it. I want you to do it. Fear. Fear is very real. It's a, it's a thing that, like I said, I have kind of personal experience with. So before we go any further, let me just stop and pray real quick and ask the Lord to bless this time. Father, I just pray right now that you would be with us, open our ears and our eyes to hear from you. Father, help me to step out of the way and help you to step in. And Lord, I just pray that you would just speak your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Anxiety, depression is really really a real thing. Um, The American, uh, or the Anxiety and Depression Association of America reported last May that 40 American adults, roughly 18% of the population, suffer from some sort of a anxiety disorder. This is an area that I feel the church as a whole has really fallen short in. We've dropped the ball in a lot of cases with this, mainly because it's not an easy subject to talk about. Depression, anxiety, fear is not one of those topics that you're just going to go and greet somebody with in the, in the beginning of the service and say, Hi, my name is Mark and I suffer from anxiety. We're just not going to do that, are we? But the church has dropped the ball when it comes to this, and and we need to pick that back up. We need to recognize the people around us that suffer from anxiety and depression and fear. I am one of those 40 million people that suffer. There are times that it is debilitating to me. Pastor Floyd is one of my go-to guys. When I'm in the middle of an anxiety attack that is really bad, he's the one of the first ones I text and says, say to him, pray for me. The attack's bad. And that's all I have to say to him. And I know that he's praying. And there's several others that I have that I, I go to and I, I ask them for prayer when I'm going through an attack. It can be very mild at times where it may only last a few seconds or a few minutes, you know, driving through a rain spell and the anxiety kind of hits you real bad and, or a snow storm. And it's just for a few minutes as you go through the icy road. And then when you get past that, I'm good now. You know, it's better. Anxiety can be very mild. It can be very debilitating, as I said. And there are many reasons for anxiety. 
You know, a lot of people in the church say, well, if you prayed enough, you would not have anxiety. If you were in the Word enough, you would not have to worry about depression. If you're in the Word enough and you go to church enough, you don't have to worry about fear. And that's just not true. You can be in the Word. You can be, be as, as praying as hard as you can. And you can be walking close to God, as close as you have ever been, and still suffer from anxiety, depression, and fear. It can be caused because of a chemical imbalance in the brain. It can be caused from an event, a life event that you've gone through. It can be caused by a spiritual attack. They do happen. Where Satan is just attacking you and just keeps going and going and going and, and you just feel like there's no end. It can be because of unconfessed sin and sin in your life. So there are some things that anxiety and fear can be a part of. And sin is one of those things that can cause you to be fearful and can cause you to be anxious. In just a few moments, though, I want to talk about how we can live a life without sin. As Christ followers, we, live, we can live a life without fear, and we can live a life without anxiety. doesn't mean we're never going to get it. It doesn't mean that it's never going to happen, because it does. But there are things that we can, there are steps that we can take that will help us get through those times of anxiety, of fear, and of depression. And sometimes it means that you have to open up yourselves and say, I need help with this. To go to someone and say, can you pray for me about this? Can you just sit here for a while and be with me while I'm going through this? Can you just be on the phone with me for just a few minutes while this passes? It's okay to reach out. It's okay to say something. But God has given us something even better. He has supplied us with weapons that we can come against fear and, and we can come against anxiety and depression with. And that is His Word. His, his holy word, when we get into it and we start reading it and start looking for those scriptures that talk about anxiety and fear. Do you know that God said 366 times in the Bible, fear not? Fear not, 366 times. That's one fear not for every day. And to see how God is and how he cares about us, he took an extra day on leap year, and he put 366 in there. He cares about us, and he tells us not to fear, not to fear. When we ask the Holy Spirit to come and to, to indwell us and to walk through this, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to do that, to help us, so that we can live lives without fear.
Today I want to just focus in on a verse. We're going to talk about a couple verses, but one particular. And that's verse 1 of Isaiah 43. Now, here's a little bit of background about Isaiah 43, okay? Isaiah was a prophet of God. He was with the tribe of Judah. Judah was in captivity because of their sin. Their lives were a mess. There was fear going on. There were things happening. They didn't know when they were going to be killed. They didn't know when they were going to be, be beaten. There were things happening. They were fearful. And Isaiah spent the first 39 chapters talking about why they were in this mess that they were in. You see, a lot of times, some of the anxieties, some of the fears, some of the problems that we have, we put ourselves into those situations. We cause the anxiety. We cause the fear. We cause the depression sometimes because of the stupid things that we do as humans. And I'm one of the biggest. But that happens. And Isaiah was going through on these 39 chapters, first 39 chapters, telling the Israelites why they were in the situation they were in. And then he comes to chapter 40, and he begins to start talking about God's blessings and how that if they turn around and they start to accept Christ or accept God and, and his blessing, how things were going to turn around for him, for them. And we come to Isaiah 43.1, and it says, But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. I want to talk just a few minutes this morning about how we can get through anxiety and depression. Using this verse, it's very important that we remember a few key things this morning. First thing I want you to look at is that we are created and formed by God. When depression comes, when anxiety comes, when fear hits you like a brick wall, we need to remember we were not a mistake. We are not worthless. We are not just made out of clay that somebody spit on the ground and there we were. We're not just here because of we, we evolved from an ape. But we were created by God. The God of the universe created you and me. And He did it on purpose. He did it with a purpose in mind. And that is so we can bless Him and so that we can serve Him and so that we can be a part of His family. He created us. And He not only created us, but He formed us. When you think about Him forming us, think about a potter. And the potter sits and He, he makes a, a bowl or a pitcher. And He puts His hands around the clay. And as the spinning wheel goes around, He, he just softly and tenderly molds that pitcher or that bowl with his hands. Sometimes he has to be a little bit more forceful. 
and he puts a little bit more pressure on it. He squeezes it. God squeezes us sometimes so that we are going to do what he wants us to do. He's going to squeeze us sometimes and allow things to happen, allow some of the anxiety and some of the fear to come into our lives because he's trying to mold us into the person that he wants us to be, not the person that you want to be. He forms us. And sometimes that when he's forming us and sometimes when the potter is, is forming a bowl, there's a little nick in it or there's a little crack in it, and he has to smash it down and start all over. Sometimes God has to smash us down, and then he begins to bring up the mold again and start molding us and forming us in his likeness. In his likeness. You see, we don't have to be fearful, and we don't have to really stay in anxiety and we don't have to stay in depression because we are created by God and we are formed by God and He has made us who He wants us to be. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you're worthless. Don't ever let anyone tell you that your purpose is over. Because, see, Satan tries to do that to us. And those are the spiritual attacks that I was talking about. When Satan comes and says, you're just not worth it. You see, when I get into one of my anxiety spells, one of the things that really happens is I feel hopeless. I feel worthless. I feel like nobody cares about me. Nobody wants to be around me. Nobody wants to be a part of my life. These are the things that Satan feeds us when we're going through some of these things. And we need to remember that we were wonderfully created by God, as the psalmist says in Psalms 139. He knew us in our mother's womb. He spoke to us in our mother's womb. He knows who we are. And He created us in that womb. And He is forming us today. And He will continue to form us until we go home to be with Him in heaven. So we are created and formed in the image of God. And then the other, one of the other things is that we are redeemed. Not only are we created and formed by, by God, but it goes on to say that He redeems us. It says, fear not with all of the stuff going on around you, with all of the things that are pressing you, with all of the trials and all of the pressure and all of the, the stuff that's bringing you down, fear not. Fear not. Why? Because I am your Redeemer. I am your Redeemer. Redeemed me has with it the idea of being purchased. Not only did God create us, not only did He form us, but hallelujah, He purchased us. He purchased us with the blood of Jesus. God is saying that, that He is our Savior. He is the one who is going to bring us through. 
He is the one who's going to come and who is going to save us from all of the things that are going on. Whether we made the mess of our lives ourselves, whether other circumstances caused things to happen, whether we, we are in control of it or out of control of it, it doesn't matter. God is our Redeemer. And He promises us that he has, when He redeems us, it's done. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. That means that everything was done. It's finished. He paid the price that we could not pay. He paid the debt that I could never, ever pay. He took care of us when no one else could. In those times of depression and those times of anxiety that I deal with, and I deal with them a lot in the wintertime because I'm stuck inside a lot of times. And the depression comes and, this, and the anxiety comes and the fear comes. And I have to be reminded sometimes that God has paid the price for my fear. That He created me and He formed me and He redeemed me. And then it goes on to say that um, did I pass that up too far? It goes on to say in that verse 1 that He knows us. He says, I have called you by name and you are mine. I've called you by name and you are mine. Let that sink in for just a second. Let that just kind of get into your, your head. God knows your name. God knows your name. When I'm going through the anxiety, when I'm going through the depression, God knows my name. And He says, Mark, you're mine. I not only know your name, but you're mine. You're my child. And I'm going to get you, and I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to take care of you. You do not have to fear. Because you're mine. You're mine. He, we are even His when we mess up on our own. When we do things that are so stupid and so ridiculous and we think there's no way God will ever, ever forgive me for this one. You know what He says? He says, I know your name and I still love you. And you're still mine. There is nothing we can do that God's going to love us any less. So when we're in those times of depression and in those times of anxiety, in those times of being fearful, we can know without a doubt that God is there. And how do we know that? Because if you go on down to verse 2, 
It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be there. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, it shall not burn you up. And the flames shall not consume you. For I am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And you are precious in my eyes and honored. And I love you. We can go forward and we can get it because God is going to be there with us. And it's not easy, I'm telling you. When you're in the middle of these situations and you're in the middle of the things that are going on around your life right now and, and things may be really bad and things may be that you're struggling with everything and you're saying, but God, I can't. I'm going to fail at this. And God's saying, I'm going to go through the river with you. I'm going to go through the fire with you. You're not going to be consumed. You're not going to be burned up. I'm not going to allow that to happen to you. Why? Because you're precious in my eyes. And I love you. That is what God is saying to us this morning. He is we are precious in His eyes. He loves us. He loves us with an undying, unconditional love. A love that only a father can have for his child. He loves us. He loves us this morning. Can you let that sink in for a minute? Can you just let that melt and marinate in your mind and in your heart this morning? That God loves you. He cares about what you're going through. No matter how bad you think it is, no matter how bad that Satan's telling you it is, or everybody else around you is telling you that it is. God is still saying, I love you. I care about you. You're precious in my eyes. And I'm going to lead you through it. No matter what it is. You know the good thing about a valley? There's two ends. You go into the valley, you're going to come out of the and God says in Psalms 23, I'm going to walk through that valley with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. When we feel hopeless and when we feel like there's no one there, if we can stop and remember that God loves us and that He is in the valley with us, that He is walking through there with us, then we can live life without fear. I want to close with one verse. It's in Psalm, or it's in Isaiah 41. It's my go-to verse when when things are really bad. When when I feel like there's nothing more I can do. If I say this right at the beginning of going into an anxiety attack or a panic attack, I can usually work my allow God to work it through 
and work me out of it. But it's Isaiah 41, verse 10. And it says, fear not. Whoops, stepped in that hole. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see, I will go through the house when I'm having one of those spells. I'll walk through the house and I'll start saying, Mark, fear not, for God is with you. Be not dismayed, Mark, for He is going to strengthen you. You see, He's holding on to your right hand, Mark. He's going to help you through this. His right hand is full of mercy, full of power, full of might, and He is going to protect us through this storm. When we do that, and we think about how God loves us, we think about how He has created us. We think about whose we are. And we think about how God calls us by name. Then we have a chance of living life without fear, without anxiety, and without depression. Not saying you're never ever going to have it again. That's not what I'm saying. It's one day at a time with Jesus on my mind. And that's how we have to do it. That's how we have to do it. Maybe this morning you're here and you're dealing with anxiety or you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with depression. I want you to know I understand that it's very real. And what you're going through, I understand it's very real. Until someone has been there at the end and didn't know whether they want to live or die. And I've been there. I always tell the story. When I met Don, we met online. And we met way back when they didn't have Facebook or any of that. It was chat rooms, AOL chat rooms. And we met online. And I was sitting in my living room in a very dark place in my life. I had a knife on my lap, and I was ready to cut my throat. And I was supposed to be a, uh, one of the mentors in this chat room. And this person came on and said, is there a Sunday school teacher, a youth pastor, pastor in the group that I can talk to? I said, it's not for me. And I'm sitting there looking at this knife, thinking about ending it all. She asked two or three times. I didn't know whether it was a man or a woman asking. I didn't, didn't care. Finally, after the third time, I answered and said, what do you want? And she was telling me about a problem she was having and needed some advice on helping another person through some of their struggles. And God used her to save me that night. if we are open to what God wants in our lives, if we're open to His call and we're open to His help, He promises us that He will never leave us.
and that his righteous right hand will always hold us up. We sang that song this morning, It Is Well With My Soul. I was actually going to sing that at the end of the service. But we sang that this morning. Is it well with your soul this morning? Is it well with your soul? Has there been a peace like a river that covers you this morning? If not, I invite you to ask God to come. Whether you're here in the church or whether you're listening on, on the computer or listening on the radio, I ask that you ask God to come and make it well with your soul this morning. Maybe there's someone listening that's never given their life to Christ. Today is the day to ask Him into your life. You don't have to say a special prayer. You don't have to do anything special. Just ask Him to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says when we confess our sins with our mouths, He is faithful and just to forgive us. Let's all stand this morning as we close. And I'm going to just pray that God will just be with us as we go through these fearful times of life and remind us that He is who He says He is. Father, we thank You for Your love. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness. And we thank you for the promise of being who you say you are. Father, there are millions who suffer with anxiety, depression, and fear every day. I ask that you give them peace. The peace that passes all understanding. So they can have a day, a month, a year, a lifetime of that peace. Father, if there's anyone that doesn't know you, I ask that you draw them to you this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Uh, before we uh, finish out, um, let me move this out of the way. I'm going to ask... Mark to hang out for a few minutes, and uh, I told you guys before that we we're going to do a Q&A, and uh, I know we're going long. That's okay. This won't take long. Uh, uh, you guys didn't give me any questions, but some uh, did online, so I just wanted to share those and let Mark answer them freely. I didn't share these with him beforehand. Uh, the first one was, is anxiety caused by a lack of faith? And I think this is something we've discussed when we did one of the live streams about anxiety and, and right. mental health and depression. And, uh, yeah, take it away. Go for it. Absolutely, it is not caused by a lack of faith. I'm glad he said that because <laughs> I didn't want you to say, yeah, it is. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But, no, <laughs> no it, it absolutely is not caused by a lack of faith. Um, as I said earlier, anxiety can attack us at any time without warning, without notice, and it doesn't care who it attacks. It can attack a preacher. 
a Sunday school teacher or just someone sitting in the pew. doesn't mean their faith is small. It just means there's something going on. So no, it's not a lack of faith. And, and I will add this because I, I get this is uh, cancer, breast cancer awareness month, but it's also pastor appreciation month. And uh, we've talked about this before, yeah. both online and whatever, that uh, pastors on a regular basis um, will commit suicide because of anxiety and fear and depression, um, because of just a variety of things. Uh, so, and also, um, you know, Jesus, I cannot think of anyone who had more faith in him, mm -hmm. but experienced such anxiety that he sweat drops of blood. So, again, not a lack of faith, but next question. I think it's only a couple. Am I sinning when I give in to fear? Good question. <laughs> Good question. Yes and no. There are times... We are, like, right here with this. I'm telling you. Go ahead, go ahead. Go there go ahead. are times that we know what we're doing is wrong. And we can be very afraid of what the circumstances are going to be. And yes, that's sinning. There are other times that we can be so fearful because of the unknown of circumstances around us that aren't necessarily caused by us but are out of our control. I don't believe that would be sinning. I think it would... It would, it would cross into 100% assurity of sinning when you refuse to trust God mm -hmm. to help you overcome your fear. When you, when you step out and say, even God can't handle this, and you just, you just refuse to trust God. And I think, we might have one more after this. Oh, why doesn't God stop all depression anxiety, fear, all that stuff. I saw something this week, and I, and I thought about it, and, and I wrote it down, and I forgot to put it in my Bible to bring it. But it goes along something like, when God allows trials or allows temptations to come and tests to come into our lives, he's preparing us for a testimony. When God allows trials to come and press on us, he's preparing us for triumph and to move forward. And when God allows messes to come into our life like depression, anxiety, fear, and all of the other stuff, he's giving us a message that we can share with those around us to help someone else who may be going through what you just went through. See, God never uses, God never misuses or never discards a scar in our life. He always speaks through our scars. And he always will. Amen. I'm just going to go to the last one. I think there's one. Yeah. Your advice for people dealing with fill in the blank. Let me give you two real quick. One, um, Serious mental health issues. Don't be afraid to get help. No matter how much or how involved you are in the church, 
if you are dealing with some kind of mental health or mental health issue, seek help. Seek help. Um, I may say this a little in the prejudice side because my wife works in the mental health industry, but it is something that we do not have to be ashamed of. The church for many, many years has been too ashamed to embrace those who have mental health issues. And I want to tell you, if the church doesn't embrace them, who is going to embrace them? We don't have to fear about that. And I'm going to throw this last one. Uh, your advice for people dealing with, um, and not, not bring this up because you just shared your testimony, but there are lots of people uh, either watching this now or watch this later, we'll hear this on the radio, that are dealing with suicidal thoughts. They, they feel like their life is no longer of value and doesn't matter. So what would be your advice? What would you say to them right now? Suicide may be your answer and your quick way out, but it's not God's way. It's not going to be quick and easy for the people who have to deal with it after you're gone. Um, suicide is something I think about more than I should probably. It's a thought that Satan plants. It's not the answer to the problems that we face. The only answer to anything that we face, big or small, is Jesus Christ Amen. and Him crucified. Nothing else matters but Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can save us from ourselves. He's the only one that can keep us going. So rely on Him. Go back to that verse that I quoted. Fear not. Be not dismayed. God's holding us with his right hand and he loves us. He knows our name. And I, I will add this. If, if here, listening, whatever, if you're thinking about that, reach out to someone. Mm -hmm. uh, ask someone, talk to someone. You may, may not feel safe enough to say, here's what I'm thinking, but just go talk to someone um, and, and reach out mm -hmm. to a, a pastor or reach out to one of us. We would be willing to talk to you, pray with you, share with you. And I will close by saying this, that God thought enough of you to create you um, mm -hmm. and to die for you. So he believes that your life is of value. Yes. And, and just, just to throw one more thing in there, make sure that you go to someone that you can trust. Um, there's a lot of people that would like to hear your story and just tell somebody else about it and run away. So make sure whoever you go to, that is someone that you feel comfortable in sharing with them what you're going through. Father, we thank you once again for this time together this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are, you are here, you are with us every single day, every second of the day. And we can say with assurance and with confidence 
that it is well with our soul because we know you know us and you are taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, again for this church, for this body of believers, this family of God. And bless this time together today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.